Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans, and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Another preseason pod, plenty of news going around. Had to bring Johnny back on. Johnny, how are you? Yeah, very good, mate. Uh, just a bit shocked about uh, the super coach prices I'm looking at right here. Yeah, so the, the news of the super coach prices, the top 20 has dropped, and there's uh, all the usual suspects plus uh, a $1.2 million man that I thought I'm sure everyone can guess. So we'll have more on that one. I'll probably do a little episode on that on its own. But no, we are rather news, mate. We're talking some strictly NRL today because since the last time we recorded, uh, news has been flying, and that's the way we did say last time that we're now officially out of the offseason into the preseason. And the news has been flying. So let's get right into it, mate. Let's just quickly burn through these topics. So the first one is after Parramatta's mass exodus of players leaving the club, a couple have joined on. So Bailey Simonson joins from this year, George Hodson from 2023 to replace Reed Marnie. What's your thoughts initially on these two signings for Parramatta? Yeah, I reckon some good value there. Um, you know, you're not going to be paying overs for those two. And I think, um, look, I, I think... Yeah, there'll be a good replacement for Marnie mainly. Well, yeah, well, obviously, Bailey Simonson will come in this year. Mike Acevo did do the ACL late last year, so he'll be out for the first part of the season. Bailey's a international, so he'll be able to come in there and, you know, if, you know, Gutho needs a rest. You've got a ready-made fullback in there to start. So I think the Bailey one is a very low-risk uh, reward there. And then Josh Hodgson, again, late season, late career Josh Hodgson, you're getting him at unders at this stage, you know. Reed, you know, Bulldogs paid paid over for him, but again, he was unhappy there. It does open the door for Tom Starling to be uh, probably more of a role this year uh, if Hodgson is moving on from next year. So, I think Parramatta has done pretty well there to bring them over. But we did lose one more player at the Parramatta Eels. It was Ray Stone, confirmed as the second signing for the Dolphins. So they have now locked up Felice Cavusi and Ray Stone, who people have only you know seen parts of his game. He's a Australian schoolboy uh, plays a little bit of opposition at Parramatta. I think he'll be, if he can, you know, lock down the starting 13, that could be a very nice signing for the Dolphins. Yeah, another value. Um, you know, we haven't seen a lot of him at Para, but um, yeah, if he can lock down starting, it should be exciting. Another man who came back from overseas was Kevin Nagama. So he actually is, he was weighing up retirement after winning his third Super League title, but he is joining the Roosters, who are pretty light on outside back. So I think Kevin Nagama here has a real chance to end his inaugural career with a bit of a bang playing for Trent Robertson in the tricolors there. Yeah, I remember him, you know, towards the end of his uh NRL stint. He was um he, he was a he, he was going pretty well. And then obviously, yeah, after going to uh Super League, he just brained it over there. Yeah, and again, the Roosters, you know, both Morris boys not being there, there are some holes now. You know, you've got uh, Paul Momorowski, Billy Smith when he's healthy, Joe Sawali, you know, Ikevalu's moved on. So there is some room in the outside backs there. Kevin Nagama can come in as a veteran and play a bit of a role there. So I think it's a nice signing. But one signing that did happen right after we finished record last time was the Apicorus out signing to the Tigers. So he moves over there on a three-year deal. But rumors have now come out that the Tigers are trying to get him early and bring him in for this season. So the Tigers have offered up Jake Simpkin or Jacob Little after the Panthers to try and secure the move 12 months early. So it'll be very interesting because if you have uh, Hastings come over into the starting side this year for the Tigers and bring Chorus out early, that could really elevate the Tigers into a position to 
do some damage this year and try to crack the top eight. Yeah, potentially. I, you know, if not, get very close to and you know, four <laughs> ninth. Yeah, and I think you know Jake Simpkins. They're pretty high on him at the Tigers. I'm surprised that he is on the block there, but Jacob Little obviously. The writing's on the wall now. Abby's going to come in there for the three years after this and be that starting nine. So I think it's, you know, you saw last year the dogs had a chance to get Burton early and didn't want to give up Dylan Napa. We saw how that turned out. So I think some of these, you know, teams that get offered something early to try and get the deal done, I think it's a good option to try and get it done and get it over the line. Yeah, 100%. The next guy on the list here is Tarek Sim. So rumours that he is no longer required at the Dragons. Parramatta is said to be keen on luring him in. Uh, so that's it for me. You know, you got Murata near Corey Racer and Isaiah Papali'i all leaving next year. He is a veteran, but again, I think he would be a pretty valuable piece into that Parramatta forward pack. Yeah, I mean, we saw what he did in, um, um, you know, Origin last year. No one really gave him a, a shot. Um, and he came out and he, uh, he was one of the best in the series, really. Better yeah. I, th- I think he's still got a lot a lot to give in his game. You know, he's one of those players that, you know, doesn't carry the ball that many times in the game, still solid defensively, can defend a, a middle man on the inside. And again, he has played so much footy now that, you know, you know you're going to get some quality out of him. So I think it's interesting from the Dragons. They've got a very weird makeup of a team this year. And he's one of those players that you could see really moving on and keep growing. So I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff. Uh, I think it'll be like a fleece if he can really you know, mature into the end of his career. So it's an interesting one. And as a primary fan, I'm actually pretty keen to get that one done. So hopefully we do get that one over the line there. The next one on the list here, Nom, is Nick Kotrick. So obviously the Bulldogs have been on a bit of a spending spree right now. And it looks like Nick Kotrick and Luke Thompson are the two uh, cap casualties that look like they'll be done here. So Nick Kotrick is um, weighing up a chance to go back to Canberra. And obviously the Bailey Simonson, move to Parramatta does potentially free it up. So what do you see Nick Kotrick back to Canberra? Good move for him and the club? Yeah, I think it's win-win really. I mean, you know, he'd be back in a system where he, he that's where he really, you know, um, took his career off. And then uh, obviously the Bulldogs, they get to free up some space in their salary as well, because I think he's on what, 600 or something? Yeah, I think he might even be 700. He's on a, he's on a very, very hefty size contract. And, you know, he was injured last year. He was in that Bulldogs, so they couldn't really get anything going attacking-wise. Uh, I think it's, you know, to bring him back in there, he knows the culture there. I think it's a good move for both parties. It frees up the cap space for the dogs. Uh, and obviously, Canberra gets their man back. Yeah, exactly. Win-win. Now, one man that is on the market for next season is Jack Bird. He signed on for this year at the Dragons, but it's merged that the Paramount Eels, the Panthers, and a couple of other clubs yet to be named are really expressing interest. Do you think Jack Bird's one of those players He's had a full year now after the ACL. Is he someone that should be really targeted for some of these clubs who need some attacking spark? Yeah, back-to-back ACLs as well. Um, look, I think I think he looked good when he was on the park. He looked dangerous. Um, the question is, where do you play him? Is he a centre? Is he a lock? Second row? Um, yeah, he's just really versatile. Or even a fullback where he was going to play for the Broncos a few seasons back. Yeah, he can, he can go all over the park, and he is a valuable player. Obviously, Dicker paid overs at the Broncos. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much money someone does give him there. But the last one on a signing news, it's uh, John Asiata. He did sign for the Bulldogs, uh, but because of his vaccination status, they've uh, agreed to mutually tear up that contract. So he is off the market now, and the Bulldogs, again, have a, a free cap tip space. This is going to be an interesting one, Nom. Obviously, 
Uh, we're still in COVID protocols for a lot of the teams. Uh, some vaccination statuses will be interesting. Josh Pablee from the Raiders was the latest one to get vaxxed. So he now will join the party and, you know, be able to do everything the team gets to do. But some of these players that were holding out here have a nervous wait this year. Yeah, you got, uh, what was it, Big Nelson, Sol- yeah. Solomona. He's, um, he's got a question mark around his status as well. 100%. Let's move out of the signing news. I'm just in a, in a bit of news here. The absolute joke of the International Rugby League World Rankings was announced. Uh, you've got the <laughs> Kangaroos who... You know, defending world championship champions have only lost twice in the last six years, have dropped to number four in the rankings. So you've got New Zealand, number one, England, two, Tonga, three, and now Australia, number four. I think uh, a news article like this just kind of shows you where the international game is right now, the fact that, the you know, whether this is they wanted to pull out of the World Cup, whatever it is, it's a bit of a joke at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess it's just a very uh, obvious that we, I guess we need to sort of uh, look at how we calculate this. Um, I'm not really sure how it's calculated. I'm, I know Australia obviously haven't had a lot of caps in the past few years, but um, yeah, drop down to four, that's uh, pretty surprising. Yeah, and again, on a neutral field, um, is any of those teams beating us? Probably not. And, uh, you know, us full strength, First, the rest is probably not even close. So it's going to be, you know, I think on the World Cup or the next time we get to play on the international stage, that will be a fairly convincing uh, mistake in the rankings there. <laughs> yeah, the New Zealand Rugby League Awards uh, last night, Jerome Hughes taking out the role as the as the Kiwi uh, number one player of the, of the year there. So I think that's a deserved one. He's been... He's, had a, he's been good for a couple of years, but last year was an absolute standout. Nine tries, 19 tries, this in that Melbourne side. He's really brought it into his own end. A lot of people thought that Cam Munster was going to be the man that built around in the house, but it looks like it's going to be Jerome Hughes. Yeah, he just had a blind of the season last year and uh, or this past year. Um, I read something today that, you know, um, coming through, he, he actually couldn't get a... Uh, look at in the New Zealand squad and he actually put his eligibility down or almost put down to um, to the UK. So, uh, yeah, he, it just shows you how, how far he's come up the pecking order there. Well, you got to think there was a sage there at the Storm. He was potentially the third fullback in line behind Pappenhausen and Scott Drinkwater. And what he's done to be able to bring his game from the one with seven jersey, which a lot of players it takes years. You've seen someone like a Kalen Ponga had never been able to really nail it. Um, and, you know, people would say that Kalen Ponga is more talented than Jerome Hughes, but his mm. running game is exceptional. His kicking game has got better and better every year. And his decision-making and ball playing is, you know, one of the best in the comp. To me, he's if you're talking about most underrated players in the comp, you've got to go there because, to me, it's um, he, he can do anything on the field, really. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what round he goes uh, in, in the draft, actually, thinking about Supercoach. Yeah, to me, I think, you know, he's, you're talking two or three, you know, he's not going to be falling past that because, you know, we saw the the, the run on the halfbacks last year, you know, when the run started, I had to go Mitch Pierce round, seven, round six, uh, which is obviously, you know, so high for a Mitch Pierce, but that's just how, how it went. You have to, you have to grab those players. And if he's in the form that he's in now, then you ju- you've just got to go with it, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, halfback in that storm system, um, especially their attacking game right now. Um, yeah, points to be had. Points to be had indeed. 
You've also had a couple of other interesting ones here. You've obviously had uh, the the news articles come out about some players, you know, preseason started and, you know, everyone's looking, they're tearing the house down and mm-hmm. all these different things. I, I am surprised that um, AJ Brimson, the news about AJ Brimson in the half has already started. Um, to me, this is a very key piece of the Titans issue. If he can nail down that half spot and be, you know, the primary playmaker that they need, all of a sudden that moves the Titans into a different uh, stratosphere to where they were this year. Yeah, I mean, obviously to have um, young Campbell, he had a um, yeah really good back half the season at, at fullback. So um, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen AJ in the half. So it'd be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, he's one of those players in defense. It's going to be interesting to see how he can hold up. Um, but yeah, in attack, you know, he's got the footwork, the the pace. Mm. You know, he's got it there. But the other player tearing the house down is uh, Big Joe Sawali. So he's looking yeah. huge. Was the was the report there from Teddy um, in uh, the junior New South Wales camp. He's going to be so interesting this year. He's going to have a wing spot. And to me, we've spoken about it, how we just love the Roosters this year. If Joseph Wilder can stay on that wing and stay healthy all of a sudden, this could be, you know, he could rise his upside much higher than we thought he could. Yeah, huge. You know, pushing 110 kilos, 18-year-old, um, yeah, buying into all that hype. 100%. And look, there's not there's not much else. Was, like I said, there's a lot of signing years. We said that the, the, the theme of this offseason has been, you know, people signing and changing clubs and, and players training the house down and, and moving uh, clubs here. So we might leave it there, Nom, but is there any, you know, we're getting closer and closer. We've had two weeks, two months out of the season. We're clo- moving closer. Is there anything that you've got your eye on for the rest of the the preseason as we move into the trials. Is there anything that you're monitoring, any size that you're in on, out on, or plays that you really want to start watching? Um, to be honest, I'm, I'm actually, I guess, you know, from as a Knights fan, I'm interested to see what the hell happens with the Knights halves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kalen Ponga, I don't think you can move our best player from his, I guess, the best position. Um, because I don't think we, I mean, I think Tex Hoy is the next fullback full we have up, so uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what I guess our um, our confirmed best 17 on the park there with the halves. Yeah, for me, it's also a half. I'm really interested to see what Jackson Hastings does this year with the Tigers. I've seen a lot of good things about him in preseason, obviously, tore it up overseas, and he's coming back now. Is he the partner to, to take all the pressure off Luke Brooks and let Luke Brooks be the secondary playmaker? Because if that's the case, we've seen Luke Brooks when there's no pressure on him, how he can perform. If Jackson Hastings is the guy there at the Tigers and can really lead forward, again, I'm just interested to see if they can, you know, crack that eight because they've got some plays, especially if they can get Chorus out early. That's going to be a team on on the fringe there that people aren't really talking about. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like you're you're big on the Tigers this year, unlike uh, the last preseason. Look, last preseason, I, I wasn't that wrong. Um, you know, there were some really dodgy <laughs> moments there. We were we watched the sixty point thrashing uh, live against the Storm, but uh, they've just got some interesting players. And again, uh, probably won't come over there this season. But if they can get you know Hastings going, if they can get Chorus out there, Dane Laurie on a full preseason, all of a sudden, it's it's a team to watch. At least they're not going to be. Uh, breath of talent like they have been the last couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And um, look, Adam Dewey, he, he looked all the goods last season. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can produce in the next. 
Yeah, that's it, mate. Well, look, we'll leave it there again. Another short, sweet potty, but there has been plenty of stuff going around. So thanks for coming on, mate. No worries. Always a pleasure, mate. No worries. And thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day and hear from you soon. Cheers.